Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you. We're so honored that you let this broadcast come across your airways and you let us be part of your day. And we're, we're hopeful this Tuesday's a good one for you. So I got some great news for you. So like yesterday, we still have Pastor Tony Miller with us. And you guys remember from the past. So Pastor Miller, many years as a dean in a Bible college, many years as a pastor, many years just being a Christian, just out there making it happen. And some of you remember he gave us his testimony uh, just a few months back and talking about how he came to know the Lord and how he got right with God toward the end of high school and an injury was going to play football and God just made so many things happen in his life. So it's so wonderful to be able to sit down with somebody who's been down some of these roads that we're going down right now, uh, been on some of these roads that it's just real easy to get on these pity roads and these crazy roads and things of that nature. And so we're certainly going to take advantage of having Pastor Miller with us. And, and of course we miss Stephanie and uh, we just wish Miss Stephanie a great vacation. And by the time she listens to this, she'll probably be done with her vacation. But uh, I've seen some pictures of frogs and kids catching frogs and turtles. So uh, I'm encouraged by that. So We've been starting off, as we told you, we told Pastor Miller yesterday, so we got rid of the, you might be a knucklehead, you might be right with God, and we, we went right into a characteristic of PTSD. And I, I was just talking a moment ago with uh, Pastor Miller about a uh, promiscuous person, and it seems like promiscuity, it, it, it seems like it's easy for folks who've been hurt. It's easy for people who've been down that road of injury or illness and, uh, you know, the terrible things that cause PTSD, the molestation, the, uh, you know, the abuses, the, the combat, the first responders, so many. And just great to news, by, great news, by the way, folks, so many doctors and nurses listen to us that see these kind of things every day. And we all have one thing in common. Every single one of us are sinners. Every single one of us are susceptible uh, to the wiles of the devil. Every single one of us, nobody is immune. So we don't have immunity. If you're a preacher, uh, Pastor Miller and I have no immunity from sin, just like the rest of you. It's something every day. And and if not by the grace of God, I want to say that with all intrepidness and, and all the humility I can muster because God knows I'm a sinner and need help every day. I need God's help to get through. But a promiscuous person is that kind of person that gets caught up in immorality, maybe looking for something better, maybe looking for uh, some type of joy in their life, some easy way out. Uh, Pastor Miller, you know, uh, you know, this isn't only a physical type of sin with another human being. This can be a, a physical type of sin with something you're watching on video, something you're looking at. It can be, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, especially young people, that purity is more than just physical purity. And it is for us who are married to purity is more in marriage uh, than just physical purity. It's also emotional purity. 
It's also our thought life. It's all those things going on. So I wanted to tap on Pastor Miller. I told him I saved this particular subject from last week to cover with him. So Pastor Miller, you probably dealt with this far too many times. So give us your take on how we can get away from this, how we can, you know, what it is, how we stand clear of it. Well, basically, whenever we think of someone going to promiscuity, there are varied reasons why people do it. Sometimes they want a a relationship, something that's going to be emotionally uh, intimate, comforting to them, or they may be looking for physical pleasure, uh, pleasure of sin for a season. But what the key is, it repeatedly comes back to my relationship with the Lord and my uh, recognizing all that God has done for me. Yeah. Because... Let me just put it this way. A person that has been hurt and they are mulling this over in their minds and their emotions are getting more and more negative, either depressed or angry or hostile, bitter. Mm. That's exactly what happened to Esau that we made reference to last time. It said, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, the power to overcome sin and to please God. That's what the grace of God is. It's the unmerited power for a Christian to live a victorious life pleasing to God. And underscore power there, folks. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And so, and what happens? Well, lest any root of bitterness spring up. So many times promiscuity comes out of bitterness. Mm. Okay, that because we see that with Esau in Hebrews 12 verses 15 and 16, it says, lest any of you become a fornicator or profane person such as Esau. And he sold permanent blessings on the altar of immediate fixes of pleasure. And there's pleasure in sin for a season, but only for a season. And whenever we take and we get hurt, we feel traumatized, we feel wronged, we feel injustice has come to us, or we feel like we haven't gotten a fair shake in life, and we mull that over, we better quickly go and say, God, I need help. I want to get my heart happy in you. Yeah. I want to f- see and focus upon the things that you've given me. And I want to get a thankful heart. And I want to get a joy of the Lord type of heart. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength, as Nehemiah says. Yeah. And whenever I get to focusing on the blessings I have, not on the hurts I have, mm. that is the thing that will bring us away from the very thing that sets us up because if you're unhappy in your thoughts and feelings inside where are you going to get pleasure not internally that's right you got to go to the external Mm. you got to go out to drugs you got to go out to alcohol and have a fling or uh, immoral relationship for a quick fix of pleasure yeah or you got to go out on a spending spree and spend all the money you don't have and get yourself further in debt but just happiness happiness yeah I remember a guy that ended up uh, being found in a bookstore stealing a Bible. Oh. And you say, how could you ever get better by stealing a Bible? And he said, well, I just thought it'd give me some pleasure. It was a beautiful Bible. I said, and I started pursuing, what what are you frustrated about? He says, I'm angry at this church. And he was angry at a church and bitterness was eating him up because he felt the wrong treatment had come to him and his family from a church. Yeah. Satan loves to do that. Focus yeah. on the imperfection of something or someone 
get the person angry, and then they're set up for pleasure fixes. Got to go get steal something. Got to go get a nice-looking Bible, get a better car that I can't afford, or whatever. And immorality is one of those pleasure fixes. Yeah, and, and it just exactly what Pastor just said is, where, you know, where does our joy come from? And uh, if, if we're seeking out joy in all the wrong places— uh, we, we need to get right with God. We, we need to get with our pastors. We, we need to get with our spiritual leaders. We need to get in the, we need to get with God. Yes. And, uh, and that's so important. So we believe, firmly believe that God has made marriage for that one person physical relationship for a lifetime. I, mm-hmm. I used to have a first sergeant in the army that used to ask guys to come in and say, first sergeant, I'm getting married. I, I, I met this person, you know, whether it be a lady or a man and, uh, who was getting married and I, I met this lady or I met this man and, uh, and boy, they're great. And the first sergeant would say, well, prove that, prove how great they are to you. Yeah. Go, go meet your preacher. Uh, go through your marital classes and stand before in front of God and your families with a pure heart and a pure mind, uh, knowing that God has ordained this marriage. I, and I never forgot that. And, and that's where we are, folks. We, we, you know, we can come out of the world's worst sinful condition and get saved, but God's not leaving us there. We have a responsibility that moment we get saved. We have a responsibility to be right with God, to be learning everything we can. And we have a responsibility to that spouse, uh, to hold them up spotless. We have a responsibility to do those right things. And, and, and young people, I know I've said this a hundred times, no matter how old you are, I would rather be single, uh, and, and wanting to be married than be married and wanting to be single. And, uh, you know, make sure you're doing things right. Make sure that you're, like the old first sergeant said, make sure you're ready to stand before God. Make sure you're, you're, you're able to do those things pure and right with the preacher and your parents and your family. And, and boy, I'll tell you, God will use that. He'll use that in your life. So he'll bless your marriage. And, and it's hard to get there. And, again, I say this. Uh, with all intrepidation, saying, hey, we're, none of us are immune to sin. Every one of us every day uh, has to go before God in prayer. Every one of us every day has to communicate with God. And I, I talk to God through prayer. God talks to me through reading his word. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Holy Spirit of God dwells within my heart. So I say all that. And uh, we're over here now. We're in the, the book of Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17. We're on verse number 14 this morning. And uh, that verse says, the beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. And uh, you think of that. Sometimes we think that, you know, that strife or the beginning of things, well, it's only a little bit, Pastor Miller. You know, it's only a little teeny bit. I mean, uh, we can avoid this for a little while. Well, I'm here to tell you, I've stood at the Hoover Dam, and I took that tour, and I, I went downstairs, and they showed me a picture of a dam, and I think it was up in Washington State. It was built somewhere around the Civilian Conservation Corps, probably in the 1930s. And they were showing this particular video clip and there was a one-quarter-inch leak in this dam holding back the mighty Columbia River. Oh, wow. One-quarter-inch. Within 30 minutes, the dam was gone. And uh, I'm here to tell you, I think that's what the verse is talking to here. Yes, exactly. You know, one of the things that we say often is you ought to bite your tongue. And that's, I think, of this verse when it regards to that. There are times when we know something that is wrong, but there's a right time to say the right thing. There is. Yeah, we should speak the truth in love that we may grow up in him all things, but a, a 
word fitly spoke in due season mm. is like apples of picture gold in pictures of silver. And that's the issue that Proverbs says. Don't just say what comes to your mind first. And I tell people, run it through a sieve. Is it truth? Are you going to say it tenderly? Are you going to say it timely? And is it toward a specific constructive end? Does it have a purpose in it? Yeah. And there are several sieves you want to run it through before you say something. And this whole chapter of 17 and 18 talks about the fool speaks his mind just immediately. Or in Proverbs 18, 13, he says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, to him it is folly and shame. We can respond to people prematurely. We don't have all the facts. So really run it through the sieve. Is it truth? Is it timely? Yeah. You know, is it toward a, a, a constructive end? Are you saying it in a tender way? Speak the truth in a loving way. Because our attitude and emotions and our nonverbals speak louder than our words. They do. Boy, is that, isn't that the truth? Hey, listen, folks, we're just going to take one minute here for our sponsors. We'll be right back with you. Thank you. Well, it's great to be back. You know, there's so much truth to be able to look at things, Pastor, to be able to, to stop and, 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 and have that litmus test, that sieve that you're talking about, and uh, that sieve, right? Uh, that sieve, yeah. Sieve. And there's, there's so much truth to life, uh, to communication in that life. There's so many people fly off the handle. So many people see things not exactly the way we should see them. Uh, you know, even if we're right, I remember I had a professor, Walter Yoho, tell me one time, even if you're right, isn't it better to take a couple minutes to pray and think and breathe? Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, you can say the truth, but you can say it at the wrong time, or you can say it in a way that it stirs someone up. Once a person, man, he hadn't learned this yet, he said to his wife, he says, honey, why is it you're so beautiful, but yet you're so dumb? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll leave that one alone. Well, no, she didn't. She responded immediately. She says, I'm beautiful so that you'll love me, and I'm dumb so that I'll love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so sometimes people say the truth, but they mix something in that's totally unnecessary. Yeah. It has nothing to do with building that person up or helping them. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's and, I, and I could give you a good example of this from, her, you know, 99 out of every 100 pastors and preachers and stuff you meet are wonderful, great people. They're out there trying to do God's work. They're, the mm-hmm. intentions are well. I mean, honestly, it's a good thing. But that one person. So and, and so the other day, a friend of mine said, would you listen to this preacher preach and uh, tell me what you think about him? I'm mentoring him. And stuff. So I listened to four or five messages and every message had to have an enemy to this preacher. Mm. Every message had to have a bad person. Every message had to have a bad person. Yeah. Every message had to have that. We got this all right, you know, and it was kind of a sarcasm, uh, kind of a, you know, na, 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 na kind of thing. And I said, you know, this poor guy and he's a young guy. Uh, he's, he's doing this wrong. He's, he's presenting everything, uh, from a bad perspective, 
when there's so much good in the Bible and there's so much good with God, we don't have to have a, we don't have to have it. We have an enemy. It's the devil. We don't have to point out what, how we've been hurt. It's once in a while, it's appropriate. But when you have five sermons in a row with an enemy and you're the mm. good guy, you're the white hat guy, yeah. you're, everything's going better. Boy, that'll get you. And we see that. And I think in verse 15, it tells us he that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just even they both are abomination to the Lord. So, you know, I th- immediately when I read this verse, I was thinking about this a few hours ago as I was looking. I, I went to a courtroom, and that person who lets the wicked off with nothing, the, the guilty mm. person off, yeah. or that person that locks up the, the, you know, not guilty person or the innocent person, mm-hmm. uh, God hates that. It's unacceptable to God. And, and we should seek those things in our lives. We should, uh, we should seek innocence. We should seek guilt and, and take care of that. You know, when, when we get saved, we, we don't have eradication of the flesh. For instance, I, I got to lead a murderer to the Lord years ago. I, I went down every year for about five or six years outside of Orlando, Florida, and they had many murderers locked up in jail. And, and the warden asked me if I would talk to these people, and they're basically on death row. I don't think any of them have ever been executed, but they're, they're in a bad place. And he said, you know, will, will you go talk to these people? Will you share the gospel with the people? And I, I remember this one particular day, I was able to spend three or four hours talking through a little window with a guy. He's on one side, I'm on the other, you know, for my safety. And, uh, uh, and I remember as I talked to him after an hour or two, he finally got that God saves people. He takes away your sin. So he gets saved. And I felt as though he was gloriously saved. He answered some questions right. And then he said to me, now, uh, am I all done with the state of Florida? And I'm like, no, sir. There's no eradication of flesh here. Here's the good news. For all eternity, you've been washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. He's forgiven you. But we still have to deal with those things we don't handle right. We still have to deal with the laws. Yeah, well, and even in this verse, he talks about the opposite of that. He that condemneth the just. Yeah. You know, and so... Sometimes we're attacking people that are trying to serve the Lord and that are right and we're not being careful. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't say that I practice perfectly this, but I try to be careful uh, verbally touching God's servants. Yeah. And from that standpoint, there are those that need to be rebuked. And it's one thing to go to them personally and confront them and rebuke them. It's another thing to out at a distance be spreading rumor right. against them or condemning the just, and they're an ab- that is an abomination to the Lord. So we need to be careful about yeah. being critical of people that are trying to serve God. That none of us are perfect, and yeah. so we, we need to be careful on that. And, and not everybody's the same. You know, I'm reminded, I was reading uh, Christ Culture, a book about Christ Culture about a year or two ago. They actually had it over here at the public library. And I said, you know what, I'm going to breeze, and I'm not necessarily reckon, recommending it, but, and I don't remember the exact name, but it had Christ Culture in the name. And it was talking about culturally, people are different. You know, people all come to the cross the same way, but we come from different cultures. Yes. We, we, and, and, you know, the difference of me being born and raised in Connecticut and Pastor Miller being born and raised in Colorado culturally is huge. Yes. 
Uh, you know, it's, it's just, you know, my idea of fun was going to New York City on the weekends and watching a Broadway show. You know, your idea of fun is going to hunt a bear somewhere out in the woods. You know, I'm, I'm a city boy through and through. I was raised in the country, what we'd call the country in Connecticut. But those cultures can get away. We may not like the way somebody reacts to things or the way they handle things or the way they keep the lawn or the kind of car they drive or whatever the case may be. And I, I think the important thing here is all that's irrelevant. You know, if, if they've accepted Jesus Christ, if they're not hurting anybody, it doesn't matter how we feel about the things they own, the way they dress. What You know, there's so many things that we mess up sometimes that I mess up. I'll just say me. Uh, and I got to stop for a minute and say, wait a minute. You know, uh, th- this young man came from Czech Republic, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I had a brother-in-law that was Czechoslovakian. So I, yeah. I know that there's a, a cultural difference. And so we need to distinguish between what is culture or what is Christ. And what's philosophical. And, yes. and, and, and what is biblical. And, and I'll tell you, so with our relationship, I say all that, people. And I, again, we're talking to you, the individual. Uh, and that, so as we talk, we're, you know, part of this show, I think that what God would have us do on this show is tell us what we've seen what we've went through, and there's things that we can help. And getting to know people is a big way to help this. You know, I'll tell you, I've never had a, a cup of coffee and a cinnamon roll or an apple or something with someone else and left there not saying, you know, that's not a bad human being over there. Yes. I went through that my f- uh, freshman year at Bible college. Yeah. A uh, young man that uh, I made a prejudgment on him. Yeah, and I thought this guy is not on track for the ward. He was in a lead, put in a leadership position, and the next year God put us together in five classes together, <laughs> and we were in a leadership uh, role together in a, of a class officers, and he became my best friend. Wow! But I had this guy marginalized in my mind. Yeah, and we need to be careful that in our minds we're not condemning the just or godly people just simply because. We don't know them. We That's haven't. Right. We haven't gotten heart to heart with them. And, and lo and behold, this guy became a challenge to me. Mm. He was such a servant and sacrifice. Give the shirt off of his back. He gave me several hundred dollars to go on a mission trip as a student. Wow. Yeah. What a buddy he became of mine. Mm. And I had prejudged him. Yeah, I've been there. And, 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 you know, folks, we have no idea what people are going through in their lives, their kids, their families, their friends. And I remember that Ronald Reagan had a daughter, Maureen, that he adopted. He adopted uh, a son, Michael, and he adopted a daughter, Maureen, with his first marriage. And I remember his wife, uh, I think his first wife was Jane Wyman. And a very famous actress. And for whatever reason, she just couldn't do the family thing. I don't know. Ronnie blamed it all on him just being who he is, you know. But uh, Maureen, when, when now, Pastor Miller will remember this. Some of you may not. Some of you may not be old enough to remember this. But Maureen, boy, she caused Ronald Reagan just heartache when he was president, saying things about him. And it just wore him down about a year. I mean, she wrote a book. You name it. She showed up on every show that, you know, my dad didn't do this and my dad didn't do that and just tore him up. And for a year, uh, I was reading the other day, President Reagan didn't say a thing for a year. He just, and then one night he was, he had come back from uh, uh, China, Russia, somewhere flown through the night and he gave a little briefing and someone said, what's the deal with Maureen? And he stopped for a minute. He turned around the way, I guess, Ronald Reagan always did that those of us remember him could see it and said, listen, he said, you know, 
if you don't have one, of, if one of your kids isn't screwed up, you didn't have enough kids. He said, we're just, we're going to get through this as a family. Leave us alone. And, and folks, there's people out there trying to get through stuff. And I'm here to tell you that Maureen and Ronald Reagan became closer and, and, and a relationship with God. He led her to the Lord. I mean, she wrote a book and uh, became a conservative radio host along with her mm. Chicago Bears husband. Isn't that a beautiful story? So, so folks, that's where it's at. Uh, just know that things are different. Well, we sure do love you folks. And great news. Pastor Miller will be back with us tomorrow. Stephanie will continue on with her vacation, letting those kids catch frogs, turtles, eat a lot of food. And uh, we'll be back with you. May God bless you. We sure do love you folks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. Doug and Stephanie, you. thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.